0: Welcome to the latest Red Robin pre-season mini-pod powered by Budget-Size Auto Center and 360 Chartered Accountants. For this edition, I'm joined by a very special guest, Sky Sports' Jenna Brooks joins me to look ahead to the 2023 Betfred Super League season. Jenna, it's an absolute pri- uh, privilege to be able to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back on. Uh, we've already discussed that, it's a little bit different from, from the last time you came on. and if we look back before we start looking ahead to the new season, I mean, 2022, what a fantastic year for you personally.
1: It was a very busy
0: year, I have to say. But, Jono, thanks, first of all, for having me
1: on again. Um, it looks great. Everything looks fantastic. I'm excited to, yeah, to be part of your show. But, I mean, 2022 was, if this makes sense, the longest but busiest and quickest. And it was it was a crazy year for me. I um obviously had the super league season uh which ended earlier than usual um and then I was able to yeah work on on the world cup which um because I'm staff at Sky traditionally you're not really allowed to work for for another um network but I was able to yeah get get the permission the go ahead so I I'm very grateful from, from Sky Sports who allowed me to, to work on, on the World Cup and it was kind of a dream come true without it sounding cliche and a bit cringe, it really was. It was on my bucket list to, to work a Rugby League World Cup, that was my first one, hopefully it's not my last. I learned so much, I enjoyed every second and I was just, I was living out of a suitcase but that's kind of my life really because I'm obviously based in London and I do travel up for um, Super League games every week for Sky anyway. But um, yeah, it was outstanding. I had an absolute ball. So 2022 was a year uh, I'll never forget.
0: Yeah. Any particular highlights?
1: um, From the World Cup, I would have to I mean, there were so many memorable games, I think for me personally, because I was able to work on three, on on all three competitions, Um, PDRL I wasn't unfortunately involved in, but um, the women's, the men's in the wheelchair, I was able to, um, yeah, to work across the three competitions. The wheelchair final, um, to see England win that over their arch rivals, France was a moment I'll never forget. I wasn't actually working that game. I was there just as a a fan. Um, So that definitely a highlight that, I'll just, I'll never forget. I was in tears at the end, forget the players. I was i was in the stands, I was crying, bawling my eyes out, just with pride. And I'm not English, I'm Australian, but I think I've lived here for such a long time now. And obviously I, I've i covered the sport um, for a long, well, a decent amount of time. Um, I have a real connection with England and of course I want England to do well. But as I touched on, I am Australian. So I was actually able to work at Old Trafford and I worked on the women's final and to see the Gillaroos win in the style that they won, beating our arch rivals, the Kiwis, was just, it was incredible. And I don't even know if it's sunk in yet that I was there. I was on the touchline. I was able to take part in the, you know, BBC's coverage. Um, I did all the, you know, pre-match, post-match updates throughout the game. It, it was an incredible experience for me personally. And then to top it off, obviously, Australia winning was Fantastic. And then I was able to watch the men's from a great seat and I could kick back, have a glass of wine and just enjoy the show. Hated the booing. It was really killing me. The atmosphere I've never in my life experienced. Um, The entire stadium was against Australia, rightly or wrongly so, not sure. I was proud of the boys that they were able to put that to one side and get the job done. Um, But, yeah, no, I have to say that, that, yeah, those two, the the three finals for me were, were the highlight of the World Cup end of
0: 2022. Yeah. And I think what uh, the World Cup did really well was uniting the f- the the free, um the free sort of aspects of rugby, the women's the men's, uh the disabled game, you know, it just uh, sorry the PDRL, it just sort of uh, wheelchair yeah. oh I just sort yeah. of brought it all together and, and, and the was, as well, yeah. Yeah, what was really impressive is how um there was given equal time almost, you know, the same coverage and I, and I think that's one thing that we should be really proud about in our sport is how we how we are trying to push the different areas of the game, not focus solely on the men's. And, and you're right, the, the World Cup final for me was an absolutely fantastic spectacle. I was lucky enough to be there. Um, I think a lot of the building for Australia is out of frustration that England wasn't there because I think that's what we were all desperate to see in England-Australia final. Um, but again, just a fantastic occasion, wasn't it?
1: It was. And, and just to um, add, to you said there, the three or well, the four competitions um, running alongside each other for the first time, it's never been done, done before, I don't think on any sport, was fantastic for, for rugby league as a whole. I think um, wheel, the wheelchair game isn't big down under. So I think Australia and New Zealand have really kind of sat up and taken notice of how big the wheelchair game can be. Um, the crowds that we had at the majority of the games like it it was unforgettable it was it was so good i I almost feel like the atmosphere at, at the wheelchair um at the wheelchair games was was better than any you know the women's or the men's i think it has a huge future i'm super excited as well because yesterday um We're recording the podcast on Friday, John, I'm not sure when it goes out, but at the Super League launch, which was on Thursday, um, Sky Sports announced that for I think it's the second year in a row now, we're showing all three um, Super League grand finals. So We've got the men's, the women's and the wheelchair. We've also expanded on the women's competition. So we're showing an extra game in the regular round. So we've got three games in the regular round of the women's playoffs and the grand final. So I'm interested in seeing the success of the World Cup, how that does impact the domestic season over here. I think already we're off to a good start. Um, but yeah, those three competitions running side by side was a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and you've mentioned that you was at the, the launch day for Super League yesterday. What was the vibe in the room? Because I know a lot of people are, uh, are excited, looking forward to the new season. I'm, I'm guessing the head coaches, players, etc. There, they must have been as well.
1: Yeah, excitement, absolutely. Um, huge turnout. There were a lot of um, journals there, a lot of media. They went to a lot of trouble. It was at the, um, uh, it was in Manchester at the Science and Industry Museum, which is the same location where they actually held the World Cup launch. And it was a beautiful space. They'd done it up nicely. Everyone was so excited. I feel like it. For those that weren't involved in the World Cup, it's been such a long um, off season, hasn't it? Because we finished the end of September. So, um, I just think everyone's ready and, and raring to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, what are your expectations for twenty twenty three? Do you think Saints can do do five in a row? Or I mean, obviously they're, they're out in Australia at the moment. Will that have an impact on the season?
1: I don't. I mean, they're, they're going in as favourites, aren't they, Saints? Again, um, I think. It'll be interesting to see how Paul Wellens goes. I think there's a lot of pressure on him, isn't there? Because there hasn't been a huge amount of change to the team. I think the biggest change is the fact that they've got two of their best players back in Alex Wormsley and Lewis Dodd. So that can only add to, um, to the fanfare and, and add to the excitement. But um, I, it's hard one. It's a long way to travel down under. They obviously left um, early. They've been there Um, by the time they come back. I think it's two, maybe two and a half weeks that they're spending in Australia. But they're enjoying the weather. They're probably going to the beach, having a bit of downtime as well. Um, Maybe it'll delay the start to their season when they come back. Um, But I think for me, if St Helens don't win five in a row, if they don't win this year, I've tipped... And don't don't hate me for this because I know it's a, a whole chaos show. But I have tipped Wigan. Um, I just think I think Saints will probably win the comp. And then I just feel like Wigan may win the final. Um, just the they're back three, they're exceptional, so long as they don't get injured. Um, Jay Field, Bevan French, and, and Liam Marshall, I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, I think oh, it's hard. Everyone kind of yesterday was was tipping Saints, but then I've heard Huddersfield. Um, they've done really well. Uh, Ian Watson's done really well in the offseason with some key signings. Excited to see Kevin Nagama in action um, back in Super League. Very confused because when I interviewed him uh, after the grand final, when he won with St Helens in 2021, 20, wasn't it? Um, he was retiring and then he went home. Mm signed for the roosters played a little bit now he's back in super league like i'm happy because he's a he's a great human being he's, he's a lovely guy and he's a great player so um yeah i think huddersfield's up there um we'll, i know we'll speak more in depth about whole kr but speaking to yeah. willie peters and tom opacek yesterday they're super confident so yeah See, it's exciting. Anyone can win it. Hey, that's what we want. We don't want to go in and be like, "Oh, St. Helen's are going to win for a fifth straight year." No, we, we don't want to know. We don't want to know who who to pick, and we want to be able to turn up to every game and be like, "Oh, I don't, no idea who's going to win this game." I think the opening game we've got at Sky leads Warrington. Uh, Warrington mm-hmm. leads, I should say. That's interesting. I mean, you get your I don't. I can't call it. No idea. Warrington have got a lot of. Pre- I think they're the, they're the team to watch, aren't they?
0: warrington they i think as well i think as well probably for a long time i think you've got saying we'll be up if you look down the table many people tip lee and wakefield but you know they'll have other ideas about where they want to finish in the table but if you look in between sort of there everybody in that uh, legal, I think they've got a chance of getting in the playoffs. And like you said, Leeds, Warrington, Hawkingston Rovers, Hull FC, Castleford, you know, Catalans, they're all vying for them top six spots. So I think it's going to be a really enthralling season because I genuinely think every team thinks they've got a chance of getting in that playoff spot.
1: Yeah. Can I just ask you, as a Hull KR fan, what's your... How do you feel about Tony Smith at Hull FC? <laughs>
0: Um, you know what? I think he he's played a a really important part in our recent history. I think he he helped lift people's aspirations, and I think he he had a um, a major role in in bringing some really high quality players to East Hull. Um, probably a little bit bitter about how he departed and and how it all came about, because I really think it derailed our season and, and really our season petered out when that. At one stage, it looked like we were really going to challenge Challenge Cup semi-final and it looked like playoffs were real uh, possibility. So, yeah, and then to go, you know, to sign for our our rivals, you sort of left scratching your head and to take Stanley Jean with him as well. You, you know, it, it does leave a little bit of a bitter taste, but I suppose in 10 years' time when people look back, I, I reckon people will be more thankful for, for what he's done rather than remembering how he departed. But, that is unless he takes that lot to a grand final or something like that. And <laughs> I, I, maybe people want me to, uh, maybe too thankful for him then.
1: Yeah, I asked him. So I interviewed, he was one of the coaches I interviewed for Sky Sports News yesterday. And I said to him, um, April 7th is a day. I mean, everyone's yeah. talking about round two when um, Tony Smith goes up against his nephew, Rowan Smith. But I went straight to April 7th. The whole derby i'm like what for you personally tony what's going to be the biggest challenge and in true tony smith fashion he <laughs> dodged the question and went on about something else like oh every game has a story and i know you folk you media have to create something out of nothing and he's like i'm i've coached a lot of teams and you just got to put that behind you and be grateful for the time that you had there um and the influence that you had. Hopefully it was a positive one, but you, you park that and you just focus on getting the two points. So mm-hmm. I did try and make him bite, he didn't.
0: No. And and it's it's box office, isn't it? I mean, the game's box office already. Tony Smith just adds a little bit more spice into it and hopefully, you know, Rovers are doing well. You know, if, if the black and whites are doing well, it's going to be a real hunting of a game, isn't it? Because all eyes will be on the M- uh, MKM Stadium you know the, new, for the neutral. They'll want to see what happens, and, and we've um, you know after we beat them, we've only 16 men in the final game of the season. Obviously, they'll have um, they'll want to get some revenge on us. So it's you know we're already talking about a game that's a good uh, a good couple of months down the road. But already it's exciting, isn't it? And for us last season, probably our highlight was the the Good Friday victory. We saw the ratings performing. You know everyone talks about not just what a game it was, but what an event and. Um, I know for a fact, you love coming down to Craven Park, don't you? And and watching the games, there's always a special atmosphere. We're lucky that we've got our season opener against Wigan on Channel 4 and and then we'll be on Sky very shortly after that. So, you know, Craven Park is a special place. And, and, you know, I think you've already said before, Sky Sports, cameras love coming down and and showing our games.
1: Yeah, it's one of our favourite venues. In terms of atmosphere and in terms of what the club has done off the pitch, mm-hmm. as well as obviously what they've done on it, um, yeah, Craven Street. I just get, I get kind of jealous of all the fans that are there. I'm like, hang on, why can't I? Why can't <laughs> I? Go, why can't I get involved? But I'm always too busy um, doing the day job. But yeah, I love it. Even the loud music at full time when I'm trying desperately to hear
0: yeah. my
1: uh, post-match interviews, can't hear a thing, and I know. <laughs> I think it was last year, maybe it was the year before, it must have been the year before because it was when we were doing the head coaches with um with headphones on and Tony Smith just got, got stuck into me, blaming me for how he couldn't hear anything and so that was always fun but yeah Craven Park is one of our favourite um, locations to go to, favourite stadiums, the fans are so loyal. They're so lovely. I've been fortunate enough with um, the Mossy Masoi uh, Foundation mm-hmm. that was set up. Um, I'm one of the ambassadors, so I've worked closely with with Hull KR. I mean, I, I work obviously alongside all the all the clubs, but there's a few that I work kind of closer closer with, and I've been fortunate enough to really get to know, um, you know, some Hull KR supporters, and I love going there. Everyone's always so friendly, and and just yeah, beautiful people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and sending our best regards to Mosumusai. Hopefully, he's uh, he's doing well. Yeah, he's uh, it's um, quite an inspiring story, really, isn't it? When you when you consider oh, what, what he's been through and, yeah. and to where he is now.
1: I can tell you he's doing well. He's doing really well. He and his family are living in Queensland, um, where apparently the sun is always shining. <laughs> uh, they're in the process of building a beautiful home um the three beautiful children are growing up quickly carissa i keep in contact with every now and then um you know we we follow each other on social media and they're they're all doing really well um the men of league foundation has kind of got behind mossy down under so they're doing their bit to help him uh where they can obviously he's still in the situation he's in there hasn't been a lot of improvement in terms of um like physical improvement from the injury Mm -hmm. which is a real shame. I think they said that um, the first maybe 18, 24 months was the most important period for him in terms of his recovery. And once he hit that mark, it would be a lot harder to continue improving. Um, but all in all, they're happy and yeah, they're, they're living a nice life uh, in Queensland.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. That's really good to hear. And I know a lot of people will be wondering probably. What what how Mossy's doing and stuff. So uh, yeah, that was really good. Um, you mentioned Willie Peters, Tom Oppedik. They were at the, the media day yesterday. Um, Willie Peters first head coach role. Um, experienced obviously his as assistant coach and coming over here, he's moved his family over, lock, sock and barrel three year contract. He's really buying into what the club are wanting to achieve both on the pitch and off it. Tom Oppedik, what an exciting signing he is. I think I still pinch myself to think that we've got him. And and for me, I'm already tipping him for a. Uh, a dream team spot at the end of the season because if he stays injury-free, I think he'll be probably one of the best centres in Super League this season.
1: Oh, absolutely. Up there as well, I think, Man of Steel. He, he's coming over. And, and what I like most about Tom opacek is the fact that usually we see these players come over from the NRL back end of their career, right? They're kind of, hmm. they're here for one final paycheck. Not Tom. I think he's 28. He's late 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Prime of his career. He could have stayed. He could have stayed in the NRL. He chose to come over. I asked him, you know, why? And he, he mentioned Willie being one of the big influences mm-hmm. um, in his decision to, to come over. He said he always wanted to try his hand at Super League, not at the end of his career, while he was still in, in peak condition. Um, he obviously didn't play in the grand final, in the NRL grand final, because I think it was hamstring injury he had. But he, part of that Parramatta side that did so well last year Um he is going to be sensational. I'm so excited to see him. He's probably my new signing of the year. Um, I think he, yeah, he's it's an unreal signing. Reese Kennedy as well, though. Jesse Sue, um, yeah. they're going to add a lot of size, a lot of power to to Hull KR's pack. Um, I'm just trying to. I think Willie Peters yesterday mentioned Jesse Sue and, and said that he believes he's going to play his best rugby in Super League. Mm-hmm. He feels that the, the, um, the Super League is going to suit his style of play. So I think those three guys are, are going to be fabulous for Hull KR. And Willie Peters, I mean, he he knows the UK, doesn't he? he spent He spent a number mm-hmm. of years over here playing. Um, he's a good friend of Brian Carney's so i think he might be brian carney's only friend no i'm just kidding um <laughs> but he's yeah brian and brian and willie are, are, are very close um and yeah he, he seemed lovely i met him for the first time yesterday and really that's so positive about the season um so is tom both of them were like we're here to win it i mean we want to be the best we want to win if you, if you don't win you know if you don't come first you come last and that yeah. was Tom Oppachek's view so he's come over here not just to you know to play rugby and um he's come over to win and so is Willie so super exciting super positive stuff for you guys
0: yeah and I think that's one of the the big factors when some of these guys come over from the NRL they're not just bringing the playing ability they're bringing over a culture they're bringing over um you know fresh eyes on on raising standards etc and I think you've already mentioned Jesse Sue I think he's come Coming not just to play, but obviously lead bring on the likes of George King, Matty Storton, and, and play a role in developing them as players. Um, so we seem to have got players who are who are gonna raise the standards and, and I think that is one thing that we need to to improve on. You know, we was pretty average in a lot of the stats last season, you know, when we look at meters made, tackles, et cetera, et cetera. We was very, very average and it's almost Willie Peters, Jesse Sue, Reece Kennedy, Tom Omacik, James Bachelor. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, raising us to that next level, and and do you think it's a realistic uh, proposition for, for Rovers to be finishing in a playoff spot come the end of the season?
1: Going off what Tom and Willie were <laughs> saying yesterday, you'd be a fool not to believe it. Um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they'll be there. Um, you got to remember as well. Last year, you guys had a lot of injuries to key players mm. that that affected you. I think this year you have a real mix of youth. Um, experience and just pure talent. So it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. And just a word as well on experienced um, experience players and, and you know Jesse Sue and, and what else they'll offer off the pitch. You can't go past your captain in Sean Kenny Dow. What he's mm-hmm. done for that club as well is huge. He's one of he's one of my favorite players in Super League and, and has the last few years. Yeah, he's at the back end of his career but he's a born leader. In fact, um, yesterday, Tom was talking about the influence that Sean Kenny Dow obviously, you know, they'll be playing alongside each other both centres. Um, what kind of influence he's had just, you know, on the pitch, off the pitch. Last year, the year before, um, Sean Kennydale went down. He had a couple of injuries, but he stayed out there. He played on. He's just a heroic player, a heroic person. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to get to know him a little bit during the the Mossy Masoi days. And he's just, he's a real, he's a special player to have at the club. Um, But I think I'm also excited just at the other end of the scale of seeing some of the the younger players that you guys have got, like Jez Litton, Mikey Lewis, to see how they develop under a coach like Willie Peters, himself, he used to be a halfback. They're already two like incredible talents, massive futures mm. ahead of them. Um, Tony Smith said Jez Litton will play for England one day. Willie Peters said the same thing yesterday. He's got no doubt that he'll be pulling on that England jersey. Um, which is massive for Jez. But you you believe it, like he's he's that good. Mikey Lewis is is already, um, I I know at Sky we're building him up as as one of the faces of Super League. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of positivity around the club heading into the season and change is good. I think change is great. I think we're going to see a different style of play as well. I feel like under Tony the last couple of seasons there was a real unpredictability in terms of attack which wasn't a bad thing a lot of the time, you know, it, it completely fooled opposition. But I think we're going to see probably more direct play um, under Willie Peters. I know one of the things he's been focusing on in pre season is fitness. And I think we, we saw a bit of that in that pre season friendly against mm. Leeds. I wouldn't be surprised if Hulk if the pack go in as the fittest to start the season. Um, I know that that means a lot to him. Defence is a, is a big, important thing for him as well. Um, John, oh, I think I've lost you. Are you still there?
0: Sorry, Jono, you just crawl then? I just had me.
1: Full, full frame, me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot to be positive of anyway. And I think, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see those changes
0: and, and how they kind of influence the style of, of play. Yeah, definitely whetting the appetite. I cannot wait for that season opener. I know you've got to rush off, Janet. Very briefly, what can we expect from Sky Sports in, in 2023? Oh, Big things.
1: So I'm excited to say, and I don't know whether you'll be happy with this because I guess it's a little bit of competition, but this year we're launching a new podcast. Um, Myself and John Wilkin will be doing that. It's called The Bench, and that'll go out every Monday, starting from, I believe, uh, Monday coming. So a couple of little changes. Um, We're always trying to freshen up and and just, yeah, get excited about the season and, and do things a little bit differently I think the biggest aim this year is to encourage a younger audience to, to tune in and, and to watch Super League um, and just get more eyeballs on the game. So that's our goal this year.
0: Yeah, excellent, Janet. Well, wish you the very best for the upcoming season and, and of course, you'll always receive a warm welcome when you come to Craven Park. So we, we look forward to you coming down with the Sky Sports cameras very soon. Uh, this has been the Red Robin preseason mini pod sponsored by 360 charge accountants and budget ties auto center. But for now, remember just live, love, laugh, and be happy. <laughs>